Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Welcome to the live show, Hogsports Live, where we talk about everything Razorbacks. And there's a lot to talk about with Razorback basketball. We're going to get into that. Danny West is going to join us to talk some recruiting. And, of course, we're going to talk some football as well and maybe talk a little bit about baseball also. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can watch on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page right now and throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. And share the content with other people if you like it. Also throw us that thumbs up on YouTube. Also available on Apple Podcasts if you choose to listen. Throw us a five-star review. Say something nice about the content. And available anywhere you get podcasts. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off your first year with a seven-day free trial. No promo code or anything. It's a great time to sign up with spring football right around the corner. Pro Day day happening next Wednesday and plenty of stuff going on in recruiting and basketball, of course. All right. Arkansas, 99-90 winners over LSU. Didn't finish dramatically strong. You know, kind of trying to hold on there at the end, but really a great game. And and I thought a great environment for a Wednesday night, 6 o'clock game, kind of a late agra- uh, arriving crowd, but a, a really good crowd for senior night. And Arkansas led by 23 points at one point, and then they like missed eight free throws, and then suddenly it's a seven-point game there with about 2.03 left or so. Um that was the eighth 30th point game, 30 point game by Mason Jones, 36 points. I think he had 12 free throws. So that's 219 free throws made on the season, which is leading the NCAA and is a new Arkansas record. The old record was 212. 26 points, 15 rebounds for Jimmy Witt. What a way to end his career in Fayetteville. And hopefully for Arkansas, this is the last game because if it's not, that means they made the NIT. So. A great finish for Jimmy Witt. I thought he had a great note on Facebook, on on Twitter. In fact, I, I want to get to that later. I'm going to bring in Danny West here pretty early, earlier than normal, because he's got some obligations. But, um, you know, with Jimmy Witt, when I'll say this, when he left Arkansas the first time, I said, and I remember saying, Jimmy Witt's a diamond dozen. They can go out and get another 6'3 guard who can't shoot. I remember saying that, and I was wrong. Because Jimmy Witt is not a dime a dozen. There are not a lot of players like Jimmy Witt. Normal things don't work for Jimmy Witt. (laughs) Like, he has to double clutch his mid-range jumper with a Craig Hodges free throw throw style look way over his head. And he makes them. Nobody makes mid-range shots anymore. But Jimmy Witt does. He can finish. Long-arm guy. Guards the best defender. Can rebound, great rebounding guard, especially for 6'3". 26-15 for Jimmy Witt. Sorry about that, Jimmy. I was wrong. He's really provided a lot to this team. Desi Sills with 13 points. I mean, Desi's played his best five games in a row at Arkansas. 
in his two-year career. Only 11 for Isaiah Joe, but he opens up a lot of things. If you watched the walk and talk the other day, yesterday, last night, I did a walk and talk, then, you know, I kind of go over all this stuff, so I don't want to jump into it too much, but um, it's a big win. Arkansas is not in the NCAA tournament. They're not in the dance right now. They still have work to do. They've got to go win at Texas A&M and win two more before you say, okay, they're, they're, they're in great shape. Two more in the SEC tournament. So 99-90 winners over LSU. Next up is Texas A&M College Station, March 7th, 3.30 p.m. Texas A&M coming over a win at Auburn. So Arkansas right now is a 10 seed. They're 7-10 and 10 right now. So basically what Arkansas needs to do is beat Alabama. Or excuse me, beat Texas A&M. If they beat Texas A&M, then they should be in good shape because Missouri lost. Missouri 6-11. and 11. Missouri and Alabama play. So Arkansas needs Missouri to win over Alabama and for Arkansas to beat Texas A&M. I mean, if they beat Alabama, that just moves Arkansas up to a nine seed. It's not like a big change, but... Better seed's a better seed. The key is getting the 10 seed because you you get the buy. You get the first round buy. So that's the key. Let's see what time is Arkansas's game. Six o'clock, 3.30. 3.30 on Saturday. And then Alabama plays Missouri at 1.30 on Saturday. All right. Going to get into Danny West recruiting coverage. I told him I'd get to him early, so... So a lot of stuff going on in recruiting. March 7th is a big weekend. You wish you had a home game. Trey Biddy. What's up, Danny? I was just telling What's everybody. Yeah, I was just telling – we were just kind of going over basketball stuff, and I was just letting everybody know that recruiting is, is about to start heating up and you got some stuff going on, so I wanted to get to you early. Yeah. Um, actually, I've got plenty of time, so we're in no hurry here. But, yeah, big junior day coming up this weekend, Trey. Uh pretty good list i mean you can find all the names at hog sports but if you'd like i can run through a few of them real quick yeah let's hit on a couple of them danny all right we're going to start with etron jackson he's a four-star wide receiver out of royce city texas this guy's you know he's in the top 200 nationally i would dare to say he's he might be arkansas's top target this year a wide receiver a really intriguing position group when you think about you know, you missed on a couple of guys last year, probably didn't come away with the, the type of receiver class that you'd hoped for, so you got to make up for it a little bit. And if they could get this guy, that'd go a long way in doing that. Roderick Daniels is another wide receiver. He's really high on Arkansas's list as well. He's out of Duncanville, and he's kind of a smaller guy, about 5'9", which would probably be the smallest wide receiver we've we've seen Justin Stepp really go after, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about his three years here, it's all been you gotta mix six, it up, three, though. 200. You gotta, yeah, you got to have a some of shifty guys. guy. Yeah. That's right. And uh, uh, there's another four-star, Javon Nelson. He's a defensive end out of Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Riverdale High School, 6'3", 260. Big-time guy. Uh, tons of SEC offers. He's the real deal. And then uh, I'll throw one more in there. Gentry Williams from the 2022 class. By the way, the previous three I touched on there are obviously 2021 guys. But Gentry Williams, four-star cornerback out of Tulsa, uh, Washington High School, Booker T. Washington. Great program. And uh, this guy's 
elite. He's actually in the top 10 nationally for next year's class. So really big time uh, visitor there. So Danny, Austin Gibson wants to know who's our next commit. That's what he says. So spill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just sitting on him, right? <laughs> now, you know what? Typically I would, this time of year, Trey, I would look at two things, in-state guys and quarterbacks. Obviously quarterbacks, right. they like to get it done early. And obviously you're coming off of a uh, unofficial visit from Caden Salter, four-star quarterback out of Cedar Hill, Texas. Things went really well there while he was up here, but he's still going to take some time and, and uh, take a few more visits. Matter of fact, he tweeted out some of those visit plans last night. So he's still got a little ways, probably going to hold off on predicting him to be next. But you never know, an in-state guy, uh, you know they're going to really pour it on if – Aaron Outley, uh, James Joyner from the 22 class, uh, Amarion Harris, Drayden Norwood, quite a few in-state offers out. So that might be the uh, so prediction you th- there. You think possibly that the next commitment could be in the 2022 class? It could be. could be. James Joyner, I mentioned him because, I mean, He's a good you can one. go back yeah. a couple of weeks ago and uh, I had a story on him and he, he came out and said it. He said, Arkansas is going to make it really, really tough for anybody else to, uh, you know, come in here and get me. He said they're really pouring it on him. He's a huge fan of Jimmy Smith, who, by the way, I've been really impressed with. Yeah, several what, of these guys. Sam and Pittman I, I told say, me. Sam Pittman said about Jimmy Smith. He goes, "You're you're gonna you're gonna smile when you meet him." That's that's what he told me. <laughs> I remember him saying that. Yeah. And the first time I met him, he does have that that personality, that that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So uh, I could see him being a good one. I've been really impressed with John Cooper, to be honest with you. He's really active. He's on a lot of really good ones, too. And it seems like every time I turn around, you know, I've got a different kid telling me, I talk to that guy every day. So that tells hmm. me, yeah. you know, that, that's a good sign. Yeah, uh, We've seen some guys that <laughs> probably didn't hit on their targets maybe once every two weeks or so. I like the guys that hit on them every day. It, well, it starts with being active. I mean, that's yeah. like – we can get into personality and being genuine and, you know, all this other stuff, the tricks of the trade, but it starts with being active and, and, and just getting after it and recruiting. That's right. Now you don't have, you're not predicting Caden Salter to be the next commitment, but you do have a crystal ball pick in for him to go to Arkansas. I do. What's yeah, that? that? And Probably does that change since he announced that since he announced a bunch more visits, has that changed? No, 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 it doesn't change. I'll tell you the key here. For me, Trey, is Kendall Browse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship he started with him as a freshman in high school, you know, that sounds awfully familiar to a Malik Hornsby. You know, he got on him early and it paid off for him. Same deal here with Caden. Um, he actually said the other day, you know, this guy, he went to a camp and Kendall Browse was there and Kendall basically told him, hey, don't forget about me. I'm not going to forget about you. And Ever since then, over the last two years, they've become really close. Mm-hmm. So I do think Arkansas is going to be in in it for the long haul. And as of right now, I, I like Arkansas. I mean, I don't mean to say it's like should be easy for him to recruit quarterbacks, but all he has to do is show a little film and show the stats yeah. <laughs> of the guys yeah. that he has coached. I mean, ridiculous numbers. If you can, if you can start in this offense, then you know, your numbers are going to be pretty ridiculous. And it's not like, you know, with with Chad Morris and Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson put up crazy numbers. But he was also Deshaun Watson, right? That's true. And not all these guys that have played under Browse, and they're not playing in the SEC, or, you know, maybe even not even the ACC. But uh, 
all these guys that have played under Browles are putting up just absurd numbers, and none of them are Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's right. Now let's see what he can do with Felipe Franks, right? Right. <laughs> Curious, to, man. Can you believe we're under two weeks away, Trey? It I know. blows my mind. I, I'm looking forward to getting back out there. But um, speaking of numbers, have you talked about Mason Jones as potential Player of the Year yet? I haven't yet. Uh, you, obviously, the one thing standing some numbers for you. The one thing standing in his way is the wins, not having a winning sure. SEC record. Yep. But man, aside from that, just He's the MVP. I mean, if they had the wins, if they had the wins, there's no question that he is the MVP. It almost comes down to what do you name it? Uh, We're calling it the SEC Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. But if it's the MVP, there's no one more valuable than that guy. I actually brought up some numbers this morning just to compare him and quickly, real quick. Mason averages five more points a game, 1.3 more rebounds a game, two and a half more assists per game, almost one full steal more per game, and he hits three and a half percent higher uh, from the field. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive to me. So, I don't know. It's kind of bugging me that, that he's probably well, going to come in the espe- short end. Here. Especially when you consider, I mean, he is being double teamed every time he touches the ball. That's right. And I don't know that Kentucky, quickly is dealing with Kentucky that. The Kentucky kid's not. Right. I mean, it's Kentucky. They've got guys to – Especially, nice Danny, when, when Joe was out, and I know they – you know, it's not like they were just getting clobbered in all those games. They they had right. a bad showing at Tennessee. But aside from that, they had a chance – they were right in all those games. And yeah. he's getting doubled. He's the focus of everybody. I mean, i got to believe – like, who's deciding – I can't even remember. Is it like the coaches or the media? I think I guess it's the oh, coaches. I, tell you. I don't know who it is exactly that decides, but if it's coaches – I think he's got a shot because every single one of those guys, you know, is like, how good is Mason Jones? Wow. I mean, I can can remember um, uh, Bruce Pearl coming in. That's the first thing he said. Yep. Wow. How good is Mason Jones? And, of course, I think he scored 40 in that game. Are they going to win Saturday? It's always tough on the road. That's what it all comes down to. You know, I mean, as great as last night was for him, it does not matter if you go lose. No. I mean – they here's the way I look at it. I've kind of broken down every single scenario possible. And to me, if if they lose Saturday and they still win two in the tournament, I still think that they got a shot. Now it's not a good shot, but it's a shot. It's, it's a it's an edge of your seat, just kind of praying type of shot. But they still what. have a shot in that case. If the if the tournament if if everything's shut down today and they selected the teams, I don't think Arkansas's in. I don't think they've That's done right. quite enough. but And here's the deal, too, Danny. If they go and beat Texas A&M Saturday and then lose in that first round of the SEC tournament, then they're out. That's almost worse. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's worse. I mean, I, I made the point last night about Ole Miss last year, and I, I think that's right. But Ole Miss had built up a pretty good resume and dropped that first game in the SEC tournament, and that was the last yeah. we heard of them. They're out. Played themselves out of yeah. That's right. But you know what? Uh, the committee seems to me – puts a lot of stock into road wins yeah. and Arkansas sitting there at four and seven. That sounds like a bad record, but it's actually the same road record as Florida and only one game behind LSU on the road. So it's not a terrible road record, but if mm-hmm. you could squeeze in one more, that might, that might go a long way for you. But A&M is going to be tough, man. It's mm-hmm. senior night. They're senior led. It's going to be a tough, tough outing. 
It is, and they've they've gotten a lot better. Yeah, a lot better. That's just, a good coach down there. Yeah, you hate to like him, but you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, I want to touch on baseball real quick too, Danny. Arkansas has lost four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Not good. Connor Nolan's going to miss this weekend, and they play South Alabama. What what's the latest on baseball? And you're just just your your thoughts on. This little little bit of a slump. I mean, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. It's not like they're getting routed here. They lost, you know, the Oklahoma game was a convincing loss. They lost to Texas eight seven, lost to Baylor three two, and lost to Illinois State at home against their Friday starter on a Tuesday eight seven. Here's what I would say: It's March fifth, right? Right. I mean, it's super early. I think they're going to be fine. You know, I would be more worried if they're not getting runners on base right now, but they are. I mean, they left 12 against uh, whoever they played earlier this week, Eastern Illinois or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they left nine against Baylor, eight against Texas, eight against Oklahoma. You know, they're going to figure that out. They're just not getting the timely hits that you saw, you know, throughout the second half of the season last year. That's going to come around, especially if Casey, if he can start getting it going a little bit, mm-hmm. which, you know, Tuesday was a good sign. That's that's what you want from him. But he's got to continue that. I think the hits will come. The pitching probably concerns me quite a bit more at this point. But especially with Connor going down, I mean, he's, he needs to hurry up and get over that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably – I think they're going to be fine. It's a typical Dave Van Horn situation. As soon as you start counting them out, here he comes. So you kind of have to be careful what you say because he can make you look foolish for what you said in March. Yeah. How long is, Car- is Connor out? I think he's just going to be a week. Okay. Good I think deal. it'll just be this week, hopefully. All right. Anything else to yeah. add, Danny? No, I don't think so. I think uh, uh, unless you've got something. <laughs> I think I asked you everything I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm Looking forward to junior day. Hey, uh, we should have plenty of interviews, yeah. plenty of content coming out of that. Going to be a really good one this weekend. And then for the next several weekends, we, we should have quite a few interviews. So uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to it. All right, Danny. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Right. We'll see you. That's Danny West, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Most of Danny's content is VIP. So, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you want to follow what Danny's writing, if you want to follow all this stuff going on with recruiting, uh, then go to hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Just $1 right now for your first month. And this is a fantastic time to subscribe. And this this sounds like a promo, but I'm just going to talk about the stuff that's coming up here. Okay, we've got spring football starting March 16th. We've got the SEC tournament starting March 11th, hopefully March 12th for Arkansas. Junior Day starting on March 7th. 
and they've already started getting visitors in because we had this huge dead period in February, right? So March is a key month for recruiting. And then April 15th opens the evaluation period. So then coaches are finally going out on the road visiting recruits. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with recruiting with this new staff. I mean, we saw what they can do with a short window, trying to piece a class together and did a good job of it. But now it's time to see what they do with a full year under their belt. And it starts, it's already started, but it really gets busy in March. So should be an exciting time for for those who like to follow recruiting, and if you haven't followed recruiting before, it's it's a lot of fun, and you certainly get a lot of stuff when you sign up at hogsports.com. Not only all of our content and Danny's VIP stuff, but you can see our crystal ball picks, where we think different recruits are going, and um, you know all the stuff with our database. All the all, there's so many things. I tell people when they subscribe to Hog Sports, just start hitting buttons and see what what happens. Uh, but one of the, our our best features is the Razor's Edge Premium Forum. You know, and this isn't. I haven't seen the numbers for January. I would imagine we're probably somewhere in the top 15 nationally on traffic on our message board. But in December, we were number one in the country for Arkansas. Not a huge state. Really significant. Really proud of what we've been able to do there. In 17 years, this month marks 17 years that I've been publisher at Hog Sports. Um, and almost two years now with 24-7 sports, and it's been remarkable what we've done in a short time at 24-7 sports. All right, everybody, I want to move into some – what do I got next on the docket? We talked basketball. We touched on – let's talk a little spring football. Y'all want to – you want to talk spring football? Seven newcomers are going to be there. Let's just kind of go over – let's go – actually, let's go over the depth chart. I've got a pre-spring projected depth chart. I ran this VIP, but I'm going to go over a little bit of stuff with you guys. Obviously, Felipe Franks. I want to hit on the stuff that's that's pretty well given, Rakeem Boyd. But like Traylon Smith, how good is he going to be? We've heard a lot of good things about him at running back. And Arkansas hasn't had a one-two punch at running back since 2014. I believe 15 is the year they were going to go in with a senior Jonathan Williams and a junior Alex Collins, and Williams got hurt and he didn't play that season. But the year before that, both of those guys ran for like 2,400 yards total. That's the last year that Arkansas has had a true tandem where both guys, you're arguing like who's better, that kind of stuff. Traylon Smith brings a lot of different stuff to the table. You need a one-two punch. Nothing against – Devois Whaley, I mean, he had his qualities, but there was a drop-off after Rakeem Boyd. No reason to talk about Trey Knox, Mike Woods, Traylon Burks. Mike Woods had some interesting tweets, I believe, yesterday just about Sam Pittman, just saying how how it's hard not to like him. And somebody asked, you know, what does everybody else think? And he's like, everybody likes him. And then you got guys like Coylan Jackson, Devion Warren, Deion Stewart, who's coming back from a, a knee was that a knee? I believe it was a knee. Shamar Nash, Darren Turner, who's an early enrollee. We'll get into to all these early enrollees. Well, Darren, let's let's just actually go into these guys while we're going through this. So Darren Turner, starting off at wide receiver, 6'3", 210-pound type of guy, very big, long body, very athletic, a guy that I like also as a candidate to play defense, maybe in the nickel type of spot. But with TQ Jackson moving on uh, and, and – uh, of course, Jordan Jones also. Maybe it makes sense to keep him at wide receiver. So, tight end, obviously they need Hudson Henry to stop up, to step up. 
and realize his recruiting ranking. Blaine Toll also uh, has moved to tight end. And that makes sense also. Recruited more as a defensive end, but when you consider defensive ends in pretty good shape. I mean, you've got three guys from last year that enrolled early as freshmen who are now going through their second spring, Matteo Soli, Eric Gregory, and Zach Williams. Plus, you get Dorian Gerald back. You've added Julius Coates to the mix. So, defensive end is in pretty good shape. So, it makes sense to move Blaine Toll. Toll, who's only 17 years old, and when you think about him being so young, he's one of those guys that's like 14 and he's grown, you know. Like uh, Ty Story was like that. Ty Story, when I met Ty Story when he was like 14 years old, he looked the same <laughs> as he did now, like full beard and all that stuff. And Toll is kind of like that. He's got to become a better blocker. And obviously that's, you know, just kind of a product from the system he played and playing so many different positions, become a better route runner and things like that. And that'll that'll come. But when I saw him in camp, I was thinking, this guy's probably going to end up as a defensive end. But I could see him working out with some coaching at tight end. Offensive line could be all over the place. Who starts at left guard? Bo Lemmer, Luke Jones, Kirby Adcock, Shane Clinton come back, Undertaker style, because he just kind of disappeared last year. Ricky Stromberg up to 300 pounds now. Does Luke Jones or Bo Lemmer, do they push Ty Clary at center? Is Ty Clary going to get his snaps back quicker? Got to be tired of hearing that. I've got Nate Dalton listed as the backup right tackle. I absolutely expect him to start at either right tackle or left tackle. Just the fact that he's coming back off an injury seven and a half months ago since he had surgery, that's about six months to recover, but that doesn't mean just jump into full live contact. And it's the spring, so not like they're preparing for a game. So I can see them kind of holding him back. Jaboisium Moana, is this an opportunity for him to step up under a new staff? Certainly a big, big kid. How big is Myron Cunningham? I thought he looked pretty slim last year at 290. Anxious to see what this offensive line looks like. Anxious to see what kind of access we get, guys. From what I can understand, I don't think it's going to be the same deal like where it's 20 minutes every practice before practice, but maybe some more scrimmage viewing, which to me is the most important thing. I want to see scrimmage work. We'll see how it works out. Defense, Dorian Gerald's back. That's big. I thought Dorian was really poised for it. Just to talk about Dorian Gerald's story, you know, he arrived. I don't. I, I believe he arrived like maybe the second day after spring football had, or, or excuse me, fall camp had already started back in 2018, and was overweight. Had to play himself into weight. The last two games, I think he started at left end for him, but. You know, this was a guy that, you know, dropped probably 20 pounds, moved some weight around, was down to about 260 last year starting off the season, looked really good, was having a strong camp, and then gets hurt in the very first game. And really, that didn't only, you know, knock out your best defensive end, but it knocked out that tandem you had, you know, of McTelvin Aguim, Dorian Gerald, I should say trio, really, with those two guys, and then having a guy like Scooter Harris behind them, you know, going back to that whole Bermuda Triangle thing that was so popular and so effective for Arkansas uh, under Rob Smith with Brett Bielema back in 2014. So getting Dorian Gerald back is big. Julius Coates, I've heard some really good things about Julius Coates, really good things about him. Uh, 6'6", 270-pound defensive end. Does he grow into a defensive tackle? Wouldn't surprise me if he did. And I could also see uh, Julius Coates working inside at the nose 
you know, if it's an effort like we want – it's a third and long, we want to go to an odd front, we want to get our best three defensive linemen on the field, then Julius Coates makes a lot of sense. Jonathan Marshall coming back is the strongest guy on the team. Isaiah Nichols. Marcus Miller, is he going to be fully back from his knee issue from last year? He may not be all the way back. So – but I think Marcus Miller has a chance to be a starter for him next year. And then you've got some other guys, Torian Carter, Enoch Jackson, Nick Fullwider. But Matteo Soli, Eric Gregory, Julius Coates, Dorian Gerald, Zach Williams, all those guys are pretty encouraging defensive ends for you. So I think they're probably in pretty good shape there. Linebacker, we could see what happens when Levi Draper enters the fold after the spring. You got Bumper Henry, Bumper Henry, Bumper Pool, Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, your projected starters. Zach Zymos is another guy who definitely needed to add some weight last year, but we hear a lot of good things about him athletically. Greg Brooks probably starting out at nickel. This could the secondary could be like the offensive line. You know, the offensive line we could see a lot of different shakeup with just different preferences with coaches and the secondary too because you got Jerry Jacobs coming in. Is Jerry Jacobs a cornerback? Is he a nickel? Is he a free safety or strong safety? You know, where does he fit in? Jalen Catalan is he a better fit at nickel back? Is Greg Brooks a better fit at cornerback? Monteric Brown, I think his position's safe, but at the same time he came in as a free safety at Arkansas originally. But I think Monteric is a good fit at cornerback for him. Joe Fouché, returning starter. Miles Slusher entering the mix now as an early enrollee. So that's kind of where things stand. With with special teams, I would expect Sam Loy to start at punter, Jordan Silver to snap, Jack Lindsay to hold, Traylon Burks to return, Debian Warren to return, also those two are your top returners, and then um, Traylon Burks at kickoff return and punt return, both of those spots. And then A.J. Reed probably coming in and taking over at kicker when he arrives, the transfer from Duke who's on scholarship. So that's kind of my breakdown. Felipe Franks, I didn't really talk about him a lot, but obviously he's your projected starter. Saw a video that university put out yesterday, I think, and he was running around well. And obviously he's coming back off of a dislocated ankle. I think we went over pretty much all the newcomers. Maybe not Kellen Burrell, who I think is more of an inside linebacker. Kind of a maybe a shorter guy with a, a, a stout frame is how he's been described, but definitely a, a Mike type. I think I covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. I want to get into your questions now. We're about 30 minutes into this deal. Kalen Arnold says, sending a big whoopig suey from the panhandle of Oklahoma. Mike Warner says, whoopig suey. Kalen Arnold says, love keeping up with my state and my hogs from you all the way out here and Guyman, did I say that right? Guyman, Oklahoma? Gooman, Guyman? David Kennedy says, Woo Pig Suey forever. Adrian Jones says, Jimmy played a heck of a game. Yeah, he did. I want to read Jimmy Witts. What Jimmy Witts said. Let me find Jimmy Bucks. Jim Bucks. All right, this is what Jimmy, this is Jimmy Witts Nation, Razorback Nation letter. Dear Razorback Nation, This has been one of the best years of my life. Every day I feel grateful that I get to spend my last season playing for such an amazing community. Tonight was my last game in Bud Walton Arena, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me back with open open arms because I know you didn't have to. Thank you for showing up and showing out at every home game, making it one of the hardest places to play in America. Thank you for loving my teammates and I through all the support, all the ups and downs of the season. I will cherish these memories I've created this year with you all for the rest of my life. Thank you for everything. With all my love, Jimmy Witt. 
Nice message for Jimmy Witt. Throw us a thumbs up if you like that. Nice message from Jimmy Witt. Again, I called him a dime a dozen. Arkansas can go out and get a guy just like him. I was wrong. Different type of player. Different free throw shooter, different jump shot, different type of defender. Great win. LSU looked a little confused, says Todd Willis. Miles Johnson says, waiting for the latest. Bob Buxton says, Mason Jones for player of the year. We covered that pretty well. I mean, I think he's been the best player in the SEC this year. Will he get player of the year? It would be a pleasant surprise. Marquis Martin says, awesome game last night. Yancey Prosser says, Witt is a great kid. It has been so much fun having him this year. He leaves the, he leaves it on the court. Adrian Jones says, Desi seems to play his best when he comes off the bench. Yeah, Desi said he comes with a chip when he play, comes off the bench. Roger Crawford says, we pick Suey. Adrian Jones says, we need that first round bye. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is really not deep enough. And I didn't even mention Ethan Henderson, who had a ten, uh, career high 10 points. I think seven rebounds. You get 10 points, seven rebounds from Ethan. 10 points, I think it was six. It's 10.6 rebounds. It's still, if you can get that from Ethan, that's good. Lou Ann Thompson says, yes or no, Trey, will they make the dance? I'm going to say no, they won't make the dance because I don't want to jinx them. I really think it's 50-50. I mean, right now, today, they're not in. They're out right now. They don't. They haven't done quite enough. And you can't rely on the NCAA to say, well, you know, they didn't have Isaiah Joe for these five games. And even beyond that, you know, it's probably the five games before that also where he was hurt and really wasn't playing well. He played really well in that Ole Miss game, had 34 points, and then really didn't do a whole lot after that. Yancey Long says, have we heard anything about the Cantrell issue? Um, Cottrell, you mean? Cottrell Wallace? No, there hasn't been any update on that. It's just we're waiting to see what when the facts come out. Unfortunate. Awful situation. Walt Davis is proud of these coaches and players. They have been resilient and overcome many barriers. They have had to battle from the very beginning. They have exceeded expectations. 19 wins is exceeding expectations. I picked them to win 16, I think, this year. W.J. Vaught says, who is this quarterback? You're talking about Caden Salter. Let's bring up his profile real quick. So, Caden Salter, Cedar Hill, Texas, dual-threat quarterback, 6'1", 185, an interesting type of athlete, not like a true burner. Like in track and field, he does the long jump, the triple jump, the high jump, that kind of an athlete, the 300-meter hurdles. Number 89-ranked prospect in the country on 24-7 sports. He's 244 overall. This is the composite that takes on ESPN, Rivals, and 24-7. Number 89 on 24-7 sports, number four dual-threat quarterback in the country, and number 12 overall prospect in the tech in Texas, the number one rated quarterback prospect in the state of Texas. So he visited Ole Miss. He didn't just rave about Ole Miss. He visited Ole Miss on Sunday, and then on Monday he visited Arkansas, okay, and really had some positive things to say about Arkansas. Previously before that visit, 100% of the crystal ball picks were to Baylor, although in his interview with Danny West he said that um, – he sees himself playing in the SEC. So, not good news for Baylor on that front. So, that's Caden Salter. That's probably the guy that we view as the number one quarterback for him. Mike Warner says, any OL we are after? Yeah. I mean, I would advise you to go check out 
hogsports.com, and there's a, a pretty solid list of uh, – you can see all the offensive linemen that Arkansas has offered and um, and get a good idea of, of the guys that they're after. Danny West probably come out with the big red board for offensive linemen pretty quick probably. I know he's been, he's been kind of issuing position by position. Jeremy Dick says, what's up, guys? Are we on any big-time offensive linemen again? Um, I would say go to Hogsports. I can read you a couple of them. Let's see. Football recruiting. It's as simple as go to football recruiting, offers, and you can see Danny West just cleaned up this whole list because we had to go back and remove the offers from the previous staff. So we had to go back, and Danny just now cleaned this up. So it's all accurate. He does a great job keeping up with it. So far they've offered two centers, five guards, and 13 offensive tackles. Tristan Lee is the highly, the most highly regarded guy. There's a guy from Detroit that was – somebody just put – one of our recruiting experts just put a uh, crystal ball in for him recently. I can't find him. Anyways, from Detroit – oh, there he is, Charlie Sims, cast technical, 6'5", 330 pounds. Get used to seeing these 330-pound guys back on there. But um, – yeah, he's got a crystal ball pick in all the way out from Detroit. Dustin Hoofman says, do you think there's any chance Mason goes pro? Do you believe he comes back for a senior year? So far, he's not on any draft boards. Nobody has him being picked. So, But that's not the only option for you if you want to go pro. One of the things that I've talked about recently on here is – there's something to be said for cementing yourself as a legend in Arkansas. But at the same time, with the guys coming in next year, he's not going to be averaging, you know, 20-something points a game or, you know, I think he's leading Arkansas in rebounds, points, and assists this year. But that's not going to happen next year. Now, he's still going to be critical, a critical player for him, but they're not going to have to lean on him to put up 40 points every night to win. But I think he'll come back, but I don't know. I mean, to the contrary, Isaiah Joe is still, you know, being projected by basically everybody to be drafted within the top two rounds. Chase Hogan Jones says Mason Jones is a beast, and without him and Wit, we are without Joe, him and Wit are dogged. I'm not sure. Shout out, shout out to Sills, the greatest improved player I've seen from start of year to end. Yeah, Wit or uh, excuse me, Sills missed like how many free how many three-pointers did he miss? Was it really 26? I think I said that on the Walkman talk and that didn't sound quite right coming out of my mouth, but he missed a lot of his first th- uh several uh three-point attempts. As of February 27th, point per game for Jones is 21.1, quickly is 16.2. Mike Crawford says we need smaller the smaller conference champions to win their conference tournaments. Yes, that would help. Definitely need to be pulling for the uh, teams that are projected to go from their conference so you don't get those teams in and a at-large bid to a team that, that otherwise wouldn't deserve to get in. It won't be the same Texas and A&M we whipped earlier. Yeah, they've improved a lot, Chase. Chase Hogan-Jones says, I'll be at the baseball game Sunday. Hope we pull out the win. I'm taking my mom and some family to get their first Hog baseball game ever. That's great. Timothy David Long says, Hogs will win the SEC in baseball. Back to Omaha, exclamation point. Chase Hogan-Jones says, spring football coverage on 24, on Hog Sports 24-7 is second to none. Hey, 
if they give us more access, like they give us access to scrimmage and stuff, I've said before, that's where we separate ourselves. The more access we get, the more we separate ourselves from, from the competition. That's why we're the market leader. It's like being at practice. They cover everything so closely. Appreciate that, Chase. We definitely do our best. Timothy David Long says this show is fun to watch. Great job, guys. Appreciate you, David. Thanks for Timothy David Long. Appreciate you for tuning in. Chase Hogan Jones says there's a lot of triple names here. Chase Hogan Jones says, I wonder how much Felipe Franks is as far as percentage on him being 100%. I've seen him. I've been seeing him running and lifting in the video packages. Yeah, that's kind of what I base it on, too. You know, he, he doesn't seem to have any problem moving around in the videos. So I would assume he's back full. Good to go. Can JJ get a fair chance to start with the addition of Felipe Franks? I would hope so. You know, as we've said before with KJ, he's got a lot of raw natural ability. And it's just a matter of how much he's progressed. I think he brings some different things to the table as far as being a physical runner. I think he could, you know, you could have some packages if he doesn't win the starting job because he is a better runner than Felipe Franks. He is a better runner overall, more probably more physical type of guy. So I think you could have some packages for him. Even if he doesn't win the starting job, I think he'll contribute. We need consistency at running back, and more importantly, they need to feed the hot-hand players. Some of the stats make no sense. Here's a stat that makes no sense that I've repeatedly said is three carries in the Western Kentucky game, the game that ultimately got Chad Morris fired, the nail in the coffin game anyway. Three carries in the first half. He ended up with like eight carries for 187 yards, which is just ridiculously stupid. Blaine is a beast. Hope he can catch the ball. That remains to be seen. We know he's an athlete, big, strong kid, freakishly big and strong. Chase Hogan Jones says, man, Soli is going to be a monster. Wasn't he the one with the club last year, still played his butt off? Yeah. You know, it's crazy with Soli. He had 22 and a half sacks as a senior in high school and didn't register a single sack last year. And then Zach Williams had similar type of numbers as a senior in high school, and he didn't have a sack last year. He had one that would have been a sack got called back as a penalty, but uh, – I would expect both those guys to get in the sack category this year. It's got to be incredibly hard. I mean, it was there was no thumb. It was just a ball. It was like one of those medieval devices on it. It's like playing like this every game, except for there's a huge wrap on it. Draper out of quality depth and competition. They need him too. Have you ever seen any video of Blaine catching the ball since territory North Cross? I don't think so. I saw him at camp, and I just felt like he seemed a little more natural at defensive end. But, again, it's just going to come with coaching. He's got the physical tools. The thing that I, I that's, that jumped out to me about Blaine when he was working at tight end was everything was very new to him in terms of – you know, learning how to step and, you know, some of the blocking things that they were trying to do. And that's obviously expected because all those other tight ends that were at the camp were playing tight end in high school, you know, more regularly than, than Blaine was. Willis Hunter says, go Hogs from beautiful Golden Isles, Brunswick, Georgia. Man, I hadn't had some Brunswick stew in a long time. I guess not really on my menu as much anymore, but – I remember loving that as a kid. My dad still lives in Georgia. Always enjoy your videos, Woo Pig, from Waxahachie. Waxahachie. I, I know that I'm not saying that right, Mike Posey, <laughs> but appreciate that. Todd Willis says, hey, from LaGrange. Been in LaGrange, Georgia, for sure. Last time I stayed in LaGrange, Georgia, 
Last time I stayed in LaGrange, Georgia, I stayed at this hotel and I was staying in between because it was halfway between Atlanta where I flew into and going to Auburn. And I remember I was watching TV in the hotel and there was this like Korean soap opera that came on. I was like, that's weird. And then I flip it again and then there's this Korean evangelist, you know, speaking in Korean. And I was just like, that is so strange. And then I flipped it again and it was some other Korean something. And I was like, man, this is so bizarre. It was like a Korean home shopping or something. I don't, I don't even know. Um, and then the next morning I remember I went downstairs and there was this, you know, big pot of grits and I stuck my, stuck my spoon in there and it was rice. And I was just like, what in the hell is going on here? And then I look around, there's like kimchi and all this stuff. And it turns out there's a Kia plant in LaGrange. And I guess they all, when they come in to the United States uh, to, to go to LaGrange, I guess they, they stay at that hotel or something. But I was so confused. I was like, this is like, what is going on? Anyway, that's my LaGrange, Georgia story. <laughs> I also I also went to... Uh, what, like Longhorn or something like that or Sizzler or something. I was sitting at the bar that night watching some Friday night games. And I remember this, uh, this old cowboy came up and sat by me from, he was not old, he was a young guy, but he was all cowboy and he was from Sandersville. And he sat down and, you know, he had money on all the games. And I was telling him, I remember saying like, well, you ought to put money on Auburn tomorrow because this was, this was John L. year, 2012 when they played at Auburn. And I told him, I was like, you should just put the house on Auburn. And uh, so he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I cover Arkansas. They're going to lose tomorrow because they were playing terrible. And I remember this girl came up and talked to the Cowboy. And she's like, where are you from? And he's like, Sandersville. And she goes, we don't get many Cowboys coming around these parts. It was like some <laughs> – it was so strange. My whole experience in LaGrange was so weird. Uh, and then, of course, the next day, Arkansas goes out and just clobbers Auburn. Just surprised everybody. Just clobbered him. I felt bad telling that cowboy to, to put all his money on Auburn. Anyway, Todd Willis. That's my LaGrange story. Stories, experience. Derek Hilton says, if Arkansas finishes as a 9 seed, they would play A&M and then Kentucky in the next round. If they win, if they finish a 10 seed, they would play Tennessee and then Auburn if they win, which is better. You're right. It's a good point. So I guess what they need is for Alabama to beat Missouri at Missouri and for Arkansas to take care of business against Texas A&M and lock onto that 10 seed. Thank you, Derek. See, I'm not the only one providing information here. Joseph Marquez says, Joseph Marquez is watching in the third person. Thank you to have you. Thank you to have you. Pleased to have you. Terry P. Roy says, Jones and Joe are gone and Vanover is suspect. Sam Howard says, great show as always from Yorktown, Virginia. I haven't been to Virginia in a long time. It's been a long time since I drove up there. And really, I didn't spend much time there. I was headed to High Point, North Carolina from Georgia. Jeremy Dick says, always Georgia content. Trey and Danny, thanks. Appreciate you, Jeremy Dick. Isaac Riley says, can you imagine Rakeem Boyd behind an OL that can move some people? I know. It's intriguing to think about. I don't even know how he got it done last year. I love the idea that they're going to run the ball. Jeremy Dick says, one more thing, Trey. Do you all need any help? I would love to get paid to cover the hogs. I'll let you know. I always put out information if we're hiring. 
David Carr, not anytime soon, though, Jeremy. David Carr says, isn't every team in control of their own destiny? Win your conference tourney and you are automatic. Yep. I do think it would be harder for Arkansas to win the SEC tournament with a short bench and, you know, having to win four games in four days. And if they lose Saturday, five and five. All right, everybody. I think I covered it. Anything else going on here? So, Hog Sports right now is $1 for your first month. As I said before, this is a great time to sign up. I mean, spring football, we really go. I think that really is a, an opportunity where we separate ourselves with our coverage. Some of the things we do, just thinking outside the box, just trying to get real creative with it, um, building on our stuff all the time. And also Danny West VIP recruiting chat is a lot of people say it's worth the price. So Danny West does his own podcast just for the site. So he answers all your questions. And, you know, of course, we do all the question answers and stuff like that. A lot of VIP content coming up here pretty quick. So it's a great time to sign up. It's just a dollar, three, three cents a day <laughs> over the promo period. And another thing we do, you know, we do the 30% off your first year. But if you sign up for the dollar and you find out you like what we got, and you want to stick around, if you're not on any other promo after that, which will come off that after a month, then you get CBS All Access for free for the lifetime of your subscription at Hog Sports. So if you're signed up for seven years, you get $700 worth of CBS All Access. It's a $99 value. Paying for the site for a year is, a what, $9.99 a month, $107.40 if you do the annual. I mean... So it's like getting the site for free or getting CBS All Access for free. It's a great deal. It's a great loyalty perk. I want to remind you, of course, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, be sure to throw us a thumbs up right now. If you haven't done so already, follow the page. Share the content with somebody else you think might like it. Do the same on YouTube. Throw us that thumbs up. Interact with the video. Share the video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Go ahead and do that right now. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Please throw us a five-star review if you're listening right now. Just take a minute, throw us that five-star review. Tell other people what they can expect if you want to leave a comment also. But we want anytime people search for Arkansas Razorback content on Apple Podcasts for our our show to sign, uh, to pop up. So please do that. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, excuse me, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can think of to find your favorite podcast, we are available there. I want to thank Danny West for joining us. I want to thank you guys for joining us, too. Thank you for our questions. Thank you for the Razorbacks for an exciting basketball season and probably get things turned around here pretty quick in baseball. Spring football right around the corner. Go to hogsports.com for all of your spring football coverage as well. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. And, we, hey, i got to mention this. Danny and I will be out of town next week. we got a publisher conference. So we'll be out of town next week. So we won't have the show on Monday, but we'll be back with you on Thursday for the show. But – Maybe not Thursday. We'll see how things work out with the with the SEC tournament. Excuse me. I should I should say that first. So we'll see how things shake out with the SEC tournament, but won't have a show on Monday. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals 
with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.